as far as kind of like the way you live your life, is it kind of the same as this online character? Is this? I mean, I assume yeah. this cowboy, the cornbread cowboy, is what you would classify or define as a character. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so it's a little bit of both. So it's an exaggeration of myself, pretty much. It's not like one day I was just like, oh, I'm the cornbread cowboy. Let me throw on a costume. Now, so it's pretty much just like an exaggeration of myself. I mean, this is how I dress, how I act. I do. Not ashamedly, but I've done a lot of things in the content that I post, but a lot of stuff are just things I use in my imagination from my inspiration, you know, how I grew up and, um, you know, in a rural small town, um, particularly in the South, you know, but, you know, well, like they say countries countrywide. So I have followers from not just rural America across the United States, but uh, even, you know, from Australia to Ireland to New Zealand. I mean, I got followers from all over, you know, and, um, but yeah, man, not nah, so. I mean, but I mean, of course, it's a uh, the cornbread cowboy is not my real name. It's uh, I just was thinking one day, I was like, man, what's kind of what's a cool little name I can think of? Uh, you know, because everybody has these little online, you know, handles is what they call them or whatever. And I was like, you know what, cornbread cowboy, it's got a good ring to it. It's like a country cowabunga. You know what I mean? Cornbread yeah. cowboy rolls off the tongue. Cornbread, that's that good southern side everybody loves and. You know, everybody did the cowboy thing, so I put an eye on the end, like, to make it kind of funny because, of course, first and foremost, I love to laugh. I love comedy. That's my – really my big thing. I've always been, you know, the one who's, uh, you know, whether it's at work keeping the morale high or growing up as a kid in school just making everybody laugh. So, uh, you know, that's just kind of I, – I guess I am – I'm living the life of Cornbread Cowboy, and I always have, but, you know, that's pretty much what it is. It's a it's a cool nostalgia trip down memory lane for people that are my age and you're younger than me I assume but like just the night before last I watched Urban Cowboy and you 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 reminisce about that time in in, in American history of of what was going on in my life when that movie first came out and what it meant to me and how significant that was to me and maybe the best little whorehouse in Texas and 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 you could go on and on about the movies but the the whole part of nostalgia and vintage is cool to me you know like i like i like to go i like to see my concert shirts from way back in the day that i that i got at an actual concert right and um i'm not saying that you that you can't be real and buy stuff you know after the fact and wear it because you could be a fan but it seems to me like i want to start with your outfits first of all yeah first off like how do they come about and is this your dad's collection? Was it your grandpa's collection? Have you had a great, <laughs> have you had a, the ability to find like that shirt you're wearing today and that hat you're wearing today? That stuff that my dad was wearing in the early oh, 80s. Yeah. How, so how do you, how'd you find it all? So basically starting off what you were saying that you watched Urban Cowboy. So I remember, you know, just being a kid, man, I've always been into, uh, I mean, I guess the highfalutin term is fashion, but I've always liked to look good, whether it's playing sports or whatever, or, you know, you know, having your jeans right, you know, your belt on and all that. But watching movies like Urban Cowboy and stuff, you know, I was sitting there and watching like, man, like that's a, I like the way they dressed back then, you know, and I'm, I'm 36, about to turn 37. So I'm probably not as old as you or whatever. And um, I didn't grow up, you know, I was born in what, 86. So it's not like I was born in 64 or whatever, 55. But, um, you know, watching stuff, I was like, man, I wish I could dress like that. You know, like that's cool. And as you get older, you know, you might, find one of your uncle's shirts or one of your, you know, and I did live with my grandparents on and off. And I, and I found like in the closet, like some old swimming trunks, some old shirts that I would 
you know, like he don't wear this, so I'm gonna put it on. So I kind of like messed around with it a little bit and had like a favorite shirt or two. And uh, of course, now with the internet, you don't, you can't watch Urban Cowboy and be like, man, I wish I could have that Ghillie shirt. You can damn hit a few buttons on your phone, and if you know where to look, you can find this old stuff. So basically, what happened was is just over time, I just started collecting stuff, and you know, because because I, I hated going to like the mall or a store. You know, oh, we're going out, you know, we're going out this weekend or, you know, I need a new shirt or, you know, whatever. It's like I got tired of buying that cheap material because the old stuff is so much high quality. And for the same price, like, for example, let's say you go to a store and you or you order online these days, I guess a lot of stuff. But you buy a shirt for 30 bucks, you know, and the quality just ain't as good as what they was making years ago. And you can buy a vintage one for the same price, you know. And, um. Oh. That's basically what it is, man. I just wanted to dress like that. And like I said, you know, my grandpa, man, it, if he was going to church, if he was sitting outside, he always, you know, had like his little cowboy boots on. And, you know, and, I, and they always say, you know, when you're younger, you know, you end up being like your parents, or your grandparents. So I guess in a way, I've always been nostalgic. And, um, and um, you know, just that style I've always appreciated. So when I had a chance and opportunity, to, whenever smartphones came out, I just started you know buying stuff online pretty much and like every day it doesn't matter if you got your phone on or somebody's recording you a video and you're walking out of your truck or you're rolling up in a wheelchair saying that you're rolling up like lieutenant dan on the neighbor's <laughs> mom like we're going to get into some of the wittiness and cleverness of, of what yeah. you're saying um but so every day on camera or not you got the blue slacks on and the different boots and these shirts oh. these all of it Brother, listen here. If I if I was buying this stuff and not wearing it, that'd be a damn waste of time. <laughs> no, nah, man. I always feel that you look good. You feel good, man. And I'm not every single day. With like, if I wasn't doing this, because I started doing this, um, you know, for my friends and family and stuff, and uh, um, like like far as like online, you know, funny stuff and whatnot. And um, you remember like when memes got popular, people sitting around these funny pictures. So I describe my content as just you know live action memes. But without all the internet stuff and all that, um, this is just what I like, you know. Um, you know, just going back to what I was telling you where my inspiration was from and stuff. So, like, no, it's not a thing where I'm just doing it when the camera's on. I don't – this is how I dress every single day. Um, this is just who I am, man. And I just – I just – I like to look good. I take pride in myself, you know, and how I look and stuff. So, I don't do funny stuff. I like cool stuff too. And I think it's cool, man. And, and I don't really, I never gave a damn what other people think or thought about me. I've always been my own man. And I've, I've lived an unconventional lifestyle in many ways, not just my fashion. And um, I've just did stuff my way and I like the hell the way it looks. Sure, every now and then you might have some people like, what the hell you got on? And then a lot of people though, most people are like, damn dude, that's badass. Where'd you get that at? So um, I think I inspire a lot of people because I feel like you know, as far as fashion goes, in rural America, so other, you don't see a lot of men, you know, manly men, you know, care about necessarily taking pride in how they look like they used to. And um, I feel like I've inspired a lot of people in a rural America to like, hey, you know what? We can look cool and, and be into fashion, but, you know, not like what the mainstream shit is because we don't like that. But we can find this old school stuff, you know, in this country lifestyle way of this urban cowboy style or whatever. And I think I've inspired a lot of people to, you know, open up to, you know, that kind of fashion maybe, you know. So that shirt specifically you're wearing, Cornbread, that Merle Haggard long sleeve American flag shirt, it's kind of like an old school baseball jersey shirt. Um, yep. 
Is that a, is that a vintage shirt that you have from the '80s, or you found it online, or you saw? Do you go to do you go to um, garage sales and these these uh, these sales at different houses and might run into some of this stuff that an old boy's selling from his childhood? How did you find that specific shirt right there, and how do you find most of your wardrobe? You know, it's funny going back to what I was saying. Like you know, a lot of rural men, we don't put a lot of effort in the way. We're not going to go to a garage or something. So I don't go to vintage stores. I mean, occasionally I will, like if if it's like convenient for me. If I'm like going through town or something, and I see one, I might stop and look a little bit, or you know, an antiques stop because you know I got like a bunch of old stuff in my house too. But um, but um, I'm sorry. What was the question again? It was just mainly like the 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 overall appearance oh, of what you're doing like yeah. how do you find that merle haggard shirt and have it in such good condition or is it something that you can still find that old stuff or did you get lucky and have that in your okay. uncle's closet or something That's right man i'm gonna tell you like this it's just like anything in life the, the the more practice you get the better you get at it so when i start first started collecting you know years ago till now you know i have a more my taste has my taste has not necessarily changed, but it's improved to a better quality. And what I mean by that is, yes, everything I wear is vintage. There's nothing new. Um, but I just got really good at finding stuff like this old um, Winchester hat. Like, there's somebody's grandpa who just passed away last week in Illinois. They're going through his stuff. Let's get rid of this and sell it. Uh, let's just put it online and see what we can get for it. You know, and, and, and I'm all, every night when I lay in bed, not every night, but I would say, most of the time when I'm like not watching TV or doing something on my phone and I'm bored, you know, before I can go to sleep, I'll scroll through, you know, whether it's eBay or there's a couple different apps and I'll just, it could be Facebook marketplace. That's like the new Craigslist and I'll just scroll. And a lot of times I won't find that man, but, um, and now I just have so much stuff that I don't search like I used to, because going back to what I was saying, when I first started doing like the TikToks and Instagram reels, you know, I had a certain amount of outfits when I got started because it's like, you know, you you have a T-shirt, you have a pair of slacks, you know, you got an outfit. And then over time, you got three or four outfits. And now you got one for every day of the week. So it allows me to do a lot of um, a variety of, you know, that's why my outfits, people like that nostalgia um, with my videos and stuff I do. But everything that I find is pretty much online. And I know how to order it. Like, say if a shirt is a... Uh, most shirts I order are 50-50, and what I mean by that for people listening is um, half cotton, half polyester. You don't see a lot of that these days, and it's kind of stretchy. So a lot of times people make fun of me. They're like, man, your um, shirt's a little tight, ain't it? But it doesn't feel tight because back then the shirts they made were really stretchy, and they're very thin. So when I that's, that's why they're vintage. You know, Going back to what you were asking me, they're all old vintage, and they're kind of stretchy on me. And, and if you look at photos and men back then, like that's just that's how they dress and wore. It. And once I started, you know, dressing like that, and um, um, basically, you know, it's comfortable as hell, man. I love it. So, but yeah, I don't really go to garage sales or thrift shops because you used to. I when I first got started, I used to, but now, man, there's so many people selling online. It doesn't matter if you're in a city or rural area. There's people who buy and sell that stuff online as like a job. So, um. But the more popular I've gotten, I have people now that reach out to me like, hey, I found this shirt. Do you want it? Hey, I got this old Dale Earnhardt knife case. Do you want it? So it's got to a point now where I don't have to search as hard because I got people sending me stuff because they know my style and I've gotten, you know, popular off that. So 
How yep. much? Of, how much of the beer drinking, whiskey drinking, cigarette smoking, Levi Garrett cha chewing, Copenhagen dipping is real to your everyday life as well? That you signify on, that you kind of emulate on your on your character as cowboy. Man, I tell you, <laughs> man, you know what? I try to be the best person I can, man. But like, like I say, with my characters, like me, you know, pillar of the community during the daytime, man. I, I'm a the you know the most friendliest person you've ever met, you know. And uh, if, if anybody needs anything, I'm here to help. But um, I've always said, you know, when the sun goes down, man, you can catch me at the bar. You know what I mean? It's like growing up, there was these guys that were like, you know, that's that's what inspired my characters, you know. And like you said, it's a little it's a little bit of me and it's a little bit of inspiration from people. Like they might be like little league coaches, you know, and coach their son or, you know, or the town's league. And then they'll be at the bar that night, you know, but they'll still go to work the next day. So, um. But yeah, man. Um, I will say this, man. I I kind of hesitate on smoking on camera a lot of times because when I start meeting people and specifically younger kids who know who I am, it kind of makes me uh like uh, think about that kind of stuff. Because for example, man, I won't even smoke around the, if I see if a kid's around me, I try not to smoke around kids and stuff, man. Um, but uh, you know, when you're hanging with the grown folk, you know, I let it roll, you know, so. But uh, you can ask people to party with me and they'll tell you. <laughs> hey, everybody, it's Chad Belding jumping on here again to remind you to go to shoot-on.com. Again, that is shoot-on.com forward slash Benelli Migration Madness between August 1st and October 31st, 2023 for your chance to be entered to win over $15,000 in prizes. Included in that are those Super Black Eagle 3s and the Max 7 Camo from Realtree, the $4,000 online banded shopping spree, three cases for each of your new Super Black Eagle 3 from our friends at Federal Ammo, hearing protection from Tetra, and so much more. August 1st through October 31st, 2023. Go to shoot-on.com forward slash Benelli Migration Madness. $15,000 in prizes. Again, presented by Bandit and our friends at Federal Premium Ammunition. It's the 2023 Benelli Migration Madness Sweepstakes. Good luck, everybody. Being in the backyard, being at camp, being with friends and family, I think one thing that the pandemic did is it got us back in our backyards. It got us staying home more. And, man, we just started doing so many cookouts so much grilling and we've been partnered with traeger grills for the last decade and i don't know if you can be more innovative than what this brand has done from the new timberline xl and the new flat rock the ironwood 885 all of their pellets their rubs their sauces their glazes their smash burger kit you name it traeger grills is awesome and we use them a ton I'm sure you've seen it on The Foul Life. You've seen it in our social media. But get creative. Be innovative. Think outside of the box. Wild game, domestic, vegetables, desserts, pizzas. You can do it all on a Traeger grill. So when you're thinking of fun and good food and flavor, recipes, thinking outside the box, think no further than Traeger Grills, the official grill of the Foul Life podcast and the Foul Life television. I can't wait to get back in my Traeger grill and uh, just cook up something delicious. Thank you all very much. When when you read up on some of the stuff about what you've become and, and the significance of the character, you know, one of the things that a lot of people relate or uh, relate back to is that it's really who you are. And that's kind of where this discussion has taken off from is small town. You like pillar of your community. What, 
what goes through you at 36, 37 years old when you see the pushback and what CMT did to this new Jason Aldean video? The song is literally called Try That in a Small Town. Your whole character is built on that those words try that in a small town that's what Damn right. that, hey. that's a, what, what what are your thoughts when you see all this happening so first of all i'll go back to my inspiration again not just style but my my comedy my sense of humor it's um i started noticing man um you know you could turn on netflix or, or watch mainstream television you didn't see any more jeff foxworthy's you didn't see any more blue collar comedy tour there was no conservative or rural basically you know people being represented whether it was their way of life whether it was their comedy whether it was you know whatever it may be and i feel like there's a huge underserved audience and demographic that you know that you know that netflix and all these mainstream tv or whatever you call it cable wouldn't get into and my content does and um Try that in a small town. Like you said, that re- that, that represents who I am. I'm, I am from a small town. I grew up in a town. I don't know how many people's there now, but I know it's probably not even 3,000 people. I mean, I'm sure there's people out there who grew up in a town that's three, 400. But um, I grew up in a, a kind of like the low country area of South Carolina, I guess you call it. It's um, it's like on the border of the low country. People argue about that. They call it the gateway to the low country. But um, it's a real small town, man. We all stick together. And that's one reason – um, I tell you what, man. I've and I can. A lot of people who like to say this and that. Their my experience. I'm not saying it's, you know it has a better, you know, reasoning for this stuff. But um, a lot of people, you know, didn't grow up in small towns or they lived in cities their whole life. Or there's some people who only live in small towns, never live in big cities. I've lived all over, brother. And I'm gonna tell you right now. One thing I noticed when I moved in a city, it's like, oh, you're from the south. Y'all are racist. Y'all are prejudiced, dude. I grew up in a town. It's about half and half. And we got along better than I've ever, than I lived anywhere else in my life. When I, um, man, I remember I played church softball, man. Um, and all, my team was all white. And then, um, and on the weekends I played in the semi-pro softball league and I'd be the only white guy out there, but it didn't matter, man. We got along no matter what it was. But when I moved to a city, I remember this is a really big analogy for me. Whenever there would be somebody broken down on the side of the road or the red light or, or not on the side of the road, but like in the, in the middle of the road, you know, they're holding up traffic. Honk, honk, honk. Me, I'd be the first guy out there pushing their car. I can't count how many times more, on more than two hands that I've done that. And there would be either young people behind them beating a horn or people just in a hurry. There's there, there's no sense of community. And going back to what your question was about try this in a small town, you know, people, they want to inject their politics. And it's, it's a way of life, man, that people just don't get. And so I feel like I was welcomed and received really well in a city because I brought this friendliness this community vibe you know i got your back you got mine like this is my community but in the city i just didn't feel that that sense of community man it was kind of sad you know going back to what i was saying like somebody was broke down like you know how we do things um, like in the um in the south man or whether wherever you're not in the south in a rural area in a small town we take care of each other it's a sense of community and i tell you what man living in a city i saw I mean, I, don't, I ain't gonna get into details, but just a, I, just the overall feeling, man. I didn't feel a good sense of community altogether um, compared to a small town where, like, I grew up. All my family lived in that area, and you know, people, you know, they like to say small town people are backwards or this and that. But 
man, the way of life, it ain't nothing better than that. So that was, that's what made me want to move back to South Carolina. Even though I'm not back where I grew up, you know, I'm still in an area where I can kind of recognize people. You know, I remember when I first got here, I saw this old lady pull up in an old pickup truck at a Dollar General. And I was like, I'm back home. I'm back home, you know, because in Florida, especially like, you know, Orlando, Tampa, and I was living in Tampa, it's basically just a lot of people from up north or their grandparents from up north. And they moved down there, and it's, it's, it's a lot of, you know, rich kids and stuff. I just couldn't relate to a lot of people there. I mean, I re- I can relate to anybody, pretty much, I can say. But you know what I mean? They just didn't have that culture down there that never – I never felt quite at home, you know. And going about your question, try that in a small town. It, it's more than, you know, just, you know, Jason Aldean's song, man. Like, this goes back – you can – I mean, you want to take it back to Hank Williams Jr., Country Boy Can't Survive, or – I mean, there's a lot of songs – that, you know, say that same message, you know, try that in a small town. Like this is, you know, a small town USA, Justin Moore. There's a lot of songs and that's like our anthem. You know what I mean? Hank Jr. had a, Hank Jr. had a song called I Got Rights. It's Charlie Daniels had a song called Simple Man. That was Simple pretty, Man, yes. Simple those Man, are the, exactly. Same those message. Are the songs. Same message, just that we're in a woke, we're in a woke part of our country to where everybody wants to cancel something that really is none of their business it's almost like you watch that video and there's nothing that's a lie about that song the lyrics of that song i know one of the songwriters on that song very well and um it's crazy to think that that something so simple of of community and support and having each other's backs and the things that are going on in in in, in big city America today, it really is sad. It is sad to see the homeless problem and and the fighting and the in the anti police sentiments and all of the the corruption and all of the violence. It's sad, and it's a that was saying try that in a small town is it's not saying that you come here and try that you're automatically going to be on the wanted list. It's saying that's that shit don't go around here that's no, why that's why our, that's why hey, our communities law, are strong yeah law don't go around here law dog <laughs> yeah don't go and um I, I think about it a lot of of how i it's it's kind of funny to me because you are from a small town and you signify this character that that is at the the vfw and he's at the elks yeah. club and he's and he's hanging out at the local bowling alley and he's smoking yeah. a dart in the third base uh coaching box or in the dugout and you're looking at the mom you know and, and that might have uh that might be having her slurpee in the stands all this old school nostalgia stuff is hilarious but do you have a problem now that you're starting to get recognized now that you're hanging with celebrities Celebrities. You're you're going with Co Wetzel and you know Hannah Dasher and you're rolling to football games and concerts. Do you have a problem being in crowds? And is it hard to go into crowds and have people want to get pictures with you? Want to shake your hand? I mean, does it get harder? Is this what you work for? Yeah, so it's a little bit of both, man. Um man, that's a good question. I think about this a lot because you know, this is one thing and evidently my life has changed. Um, you know, man, I, I could I could walk outside right now and go down the street, man, and there's a chance, man, people will ride by and just, like, have their phone on me or or uh, it's weird how that happens. But, no, man, when I go out in crowds and stuff, specifically where you're going to see a lot of people who's fans of me, whether it's a NASCAR race or a country concert or just a bar in general, yeah, man, people want pictures, but I'm a friendly person, man. Like, like I tell people, I'm not – some of my videos might make me seem like I'm an asshole or something, you know. I'm not at the VFW every night trying to fight somebody or – knock your mama up but um 
at the end of the day, I'm a good dude, man, and I take pride in that and uh, being a you know a friendly person. But um, I don't mind. I know. I mean, take all the pictures because to me that just signifies that you know I'm I'm being successful in what I'm doing because people are getting the message, people are enjoying it. So um, but yeah, man, when you when I go to places, man, it's it can get a little crazy, man. I've there's been times where I've if if I'm not like in a because uh, man like. I'll get invited and I'll be in the VIP section or whatever and I'll be away from people and that's fun and all, but man, I like the people, man. So sometimes I'll just leave the VIP and I'll go hang with the people and that's where the real people are. That's where the fun is. And, and, and you know, I never want to get to a point where I feel like, oh, I feel like I'm a VIP person. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. Sorry, I don't know what's going on with my phone. Uh, anyways, I never wanted to get to that level, but man, it's gotten to that at some point because like, I'll go out to a bar, dude. It's hard for me now because, like, you ask me about drinking and stuff, man. I'll go out to a bar, dude, and, you know, say in one hour, seven people ask for a picture and want to buy me a shot. You know, like, man, it's sometimes I got I got to learn to start saying no, man, because I'll be leaving them places just like, damn, black <laughs> out, you know? Dude, I, it gets tough, man, but you know what? But I'm glad because at the end of the day, man, it brings me joy to bring people joy. And like I was saying earlier, um, you know, if they're asking for pictures and stuff, that means I guess you could say I've made it. But I guess just people are enjoying what I'm doing, man. And at the end of the day, um, that's really what I like. But yes, yeah, stuff has changed a lot, man. It's, but um, there's a lot of pros and cons to everything, man. Um, sometimes I just want to be a regular dude, you know. So uh, I don't know. Maybe one day I might have to start like dressing different and like wearing a hoodie or something. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna have to. Uh, you're gonna have to hide your character. When I read stuff like. Fixing to fire up the pontoon boat and cruise down the river looking for trim and nothing but a Speedo and a cooler full of Michelob. Are you your own copywriter? Do you write all of this on your own? You know what's so funny, man, is that, um, you know, I don't want to self-analyze myself too much. I'm pretty aware, but some people, when they meet me, they might not think I'm the, you know, the, the sharpest tool in the shed or whatever. You know, I, I like to goof around. I don't take life too serious. But, um, man, I've just always been good at knowing what makes people laugh. And then you mix that with my upbringing. I believe that helps me write all this stuff. Because what's funny, man, I've got that question a lot. And and I'm just kind of not put off by it, but kind of surprised. I'm like, man, y'all think I'm not writing this? But a lot of people will ask me, like, do you write your own stuff? I'm like, yeah, man. And what I do is kind of how I've answered a lot of your questions. A lot of stuff I do is, you know, based off of feeling. So, um. And I know people, and I know what people like, especially, you know, people how I grew up and stuff. So whenever I get a video, like I do this all myself, like I set up my tripod that I'm talking to you on now. I'll set up my tripod somewhere, man. And, of course, I won't like it. If it's a classic car or if it's a, um, it's a cool background or whatever it may be, you know, I can work with whatever I got. But um, And I'll just, you know, do my little walk. I call it a million million dollar walk. I hope one day it becomes a million dollar walk if I make it that big. But um, and I'll just um basically I'll just sit there and um I'll I'll bring it up and I'll and I'll edit it where it's slow motion. Then I'll be like, hmm. I'll find a song that like matches the walk and stuff. Cause and I'm like that song. I'm like all right that song that scene. It makes me think of this right here. So like for example the pontoon boat. When I did that video, I had the water in the background. I seen a boat back there, and immediately my mind went to, I remember, like, just being a kid, and there was always that one guy, you know, he was, like, trying to be the tough ass. He had, like, the maybe the badass Oakleys or something on, and, you know, you know, he was uh, maybe that guy who might uh, wear some Speedos at the beach or something, and people might be laughing at him, but 
you, you don't give a damn. He's a badass. You know what I mean? I'm a badass. So, and it's funny because there's this guy who's like this, you know, maybe this alpha male guy who thinks he's a badass, but it might really not be. And he just thinks he is. And um, he's he, he's going to get some by God. You know what I mean? He's got some berry. He's on vacation. He's at the beach. He's at the lake, whatever it is. And um, that's just funny to me, man. Growing up, you know, there was all these, all these, man, you know how it is, man. In the world, there's all these characters, man. They're so damn funny. And they all, you know, they smoke cigs, drink beer, and they're just, they have a funny way of talking maybe. Or, or you know, they're just, they're just funny as hell, man. And, like, you can watch – and I've always said this, man. Like, you can watch comedy stand-up. You can watch uh, funny movies, man. To me, there is nothing more funny than an in-real-life person from, like, the backwoods, man, and just hanging around and having a conversation with him for whether it's two minutes or 20 minutes, man. I will laugh my ass off. They say so most funny is original stuff, man. So, And that's what's funny to me. So a lot of my content and stuff I write – I don't write it because I think other people think it's funny. I'm not sitting there like, oh, this will go like this. I'm sitting here on my phone really laughing my ass off like, <laughs> that'll be good. Like, like that's funny. You know, I do what I think is funny. I don't care if anybody else likes it. I don't care if I had 1,000 followers or a million followers. Like, I still be doing this because I think it's funny. When you <clears> – <throat> When you think about inspiration, you talk about actual characters that you saw in a small town or in a bar oh, or at the VFW. God, do, yes. do you draw any of your comedic inspiration from guys like, let me name a few and see what how they spark to you. Jerry Clower, um, Roy D. Mercer. Oh, I'm, God, a hun- yeah. I'm 165 pounds, but I'm a wiry son of a bitch. I was, <laughs> yeah. And then the great, the great, the great Rodney Carrington from the state of Oklahoma, who's an absolute genius when it comes to redneck comedy. Jeff Foxworthy, you had Bill Ingvall, you had Ron White, who was one of the originals of the Blue Collar Comedy Tour that went out to become big. Um, Do you draw reference and influence and inspiration? So before I answer that, I will say one of my goals is to I have a guitar sitting right here. I don't play it real well, but I actually want to bring that back because I was going, I was telling you earlier about how a lot of rural or country comedies kind of, you know, falling by the wayside in a way because you, people want to get canceled. I don't give a shit, but I would like to do Rodney Carrington style, like some funny old timey country comedy songs. But going back to your question, dude, what if I was riding with my grandparents, it was damn Jerry Clower a lot of times. If I was riding with my dad in the car, like especially if our family was on a road trip, Man, I remember, I don't remember when it was. I was probably like seven, eight. It was in like the early mid 90s when Roy D. Mercer started popping off. And I remember every road trip, we we buy a different CD or tape or whatever it was, probably a tape at first. And we pop it in on the way to maybe like we would go to Gatlinburg or Pigeon Forge or, and we would listen to the whole thing and then listen to it again, man. And we would just laugh so damn hard, man. Ah, oh, and then my grandparents, coon hunting story. Man, I we I would just you know I would just I'll still randomly just say knock them out, John, and then somebody <laughs> around me like woo. This, I'm like hell yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I mean if <clears throat> if you if you don't listen to Jerry Clower, uh, the listening audience out there, go download some Jerry Clower because his personality and wittiness and cleverness and timing and delivery storytelling ability absolutely hilarious. There's there's a lot of, when I when I watch your character and I become a fan and then. You know, I get to travel a lot with what I do, and I've met these characters you're talking about. I get to go to rural America all the time, you know, in the hunting business. So I get to see, I get to see old backwoods Kansas and South Dakota. And you go to Wisconsin, and you everybody thinks, you know, 
Brett Favre and the Green Bay Packers and Milwaukee and 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 the big towns. But man, when you get up there in the North Country in these small towns where every bar and church has got a Friday night fish fry and and you oh, get to, yeah. you you get to meet all these characters and see the way they dress and and see who they are that they haven't they really haven't changed much when you're in those small towns. They don't <laughs> no. they they don't give a rat's ass about the latest nope. fashion or the latest trinket nope. out there that they're they're not on their phones at the bar. They're not sitting there with their head down just scrolling they're actually they're conversing and they're communicating and they're present they're living life the way that life was intended to be lived you know and now it's like you you make your living on your phone a lot of the times you got to be on it but there is there is this this whole analogy and mindset in my opinion that that small town feeling is more than just that redneck mentality it is family it is it god is. it's god it's conversation it's caring it's it's going to yes. see old ethel down at the bake sale and buying some of her banana corn or yeah. her banana her banana bread it's 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 that small and i grew up like that i grew up yes. in in a small part of what has become a big city now but i remember my upbringing and my dad had that church i remember my dad had one of the original merle haggard george dickel jackets that that he got at a place called the shy clown and he wore it in and seeing your character, I've went to people. I'm like, man, I wish I'd have done a better job of saving that old stuff. Because now, because oh now, because now I, I want to wear it. Now I want to wear it. You know, yeah. like the 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 biggest hat that you're wearing, that kind of hat you're wearing, that's become significant in America, is the Bass Pro hat. You know, you see that hat on everybody from a rapper to a skater to a yeah. country boy to a fisherman. It's become really significant that old school trucker style hat. But yeah. there's something to be said about the eighties and the seventies and the, in the, in the hats they were wearing and the shirts they were wearing and the bell, the, you know, Hannah's got the bell bottom country going just like Laney Wilson yep. does. It's that nostalgia part of our country that it just seemed like a simpler time and a, and a better time to be alive. I'm not saying that I don't cherish my life to be alive right now. I'm 10 oh, years yeah. older. I'm 10 years older than you cornbread. And I, and I lived in a, and I've got to see a lot of cool things growing up, but man, that small town feeling that you're signifying, it just brings back a really cool sense of family, trust, protection, and security. Yes. And you can leave your doors open and, and unlocked at night. You didn't have to worry about leaving your car running in the bar parking lot. Now that some bitch will be gone. If you yeah, leave it man. in the liquor store parking lot, you know what I mean? Hey, Try that in a small town. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. It's it's that whole mentality. So when, when as you start to talk about, you mentioned your walk, and hopefully it is a million-dollar walk, are you starting to see revenue off of this character? Are you getting appearances, your cameo? Are yeah. you getting – is it starting to create a revenue from you that you can do this full-time, or do you have another job? No, so I actually started doing this full time um, after the holidays. So from January to now, I told myself, you know, I'm gonna take a chance. You know, I started getting revenue rolling in, and um, basically, I said, man, once I started paying in my regular job, I'm gonna take a chance because it was just hard for me to do both. Um, because there was about a month or two where I was having to turn down opportunities, you know, traveling in places because you know I couldn't take off work, and um, and um, man, it just got difficult, and I and I really didn't enjoy my job, but um, I had to take a chance, and um. I did that, and um, so now I'm. I guess you could say I do it full time. But a lot of times, man, I tell you what, dude. Uh, man, I I do miss working because it's weird, man. Because like I'm 36, it's not like I was 18 years old and or like you know out of, and I went to school to be an actor and I'm or whatever it is or you know not having a normal job. I've worked you know 
my whole entire life, you know, whether it was, you know, construction mostly or, you know, on a farm. And in the past seven years, I did work in a barbecue restaurant and I really enjoyed that. And, um, man, basically there, I got to be a stand up comedian, you know, um, everybody walked in, you know, and I had my big old butcher knife and I have a big brisket sitting in front of me and whether you want a ribs or whatever, I cut it up for you. And I chat up with all the guests and, um, and, um, and a lot of people want to know, you know, like what I'm doing next. I feel like stand up comedy. I'm not saying it's dead, but, um, I feel like just with, uh, the internet, social media, there's a lot of ways to, you know, um, make people laugh and just getting on a stage and hold a microphone, which I'm good at that. And I've always felt like I have my comedy in my back pocket. And what I mean by that is you're like, okay, because I don't ever talk in any of my videos. And going about what you were saying, South Dakota, Wisconsin, if I start talking in my videos, I've always felt like, um, you know, like say if um, – because I have learned it's, it's not just southern, small town USA like Wisconsin. Let's say if you have an uncle that I remind you of, but I start talking, and you're from Louisiana, or let's say you're from northern California or Wisconsin or whatever, and my regional dialect doesn't remind you of your uncle, it might take away – that you know that imagination like it's kind of like reading a book when you watch my videos you're like reading my captions and you're seeing me and you know if i give a the same book to three different people we might all interpret it different and what i mean by that is wherever your location is and i remind you of your uncle i don't want to mess that up by talking in it but eventually because what i really really want to do is start doing like skits and um you know and a little bit more uh you know funny stuff like that um but uh, but I've been asked to do stand up, man. But um, I've just, I mean, I, I I'm comfortable with people. I, I've always been a, you know, I've never had a on stage anxiety or social. I've always, man, I'll talk to anybody, man. I, I can get up there and run my mouth for hours, dude. I can talk all damn day long. But going back doing it full time, man, I kind of miss that interaction I have with people. Because since I do this full time now, I have to like just get myself out of the house, whether. Man, I've, I've tried to get involved in my communities, communities any way as I can um, daily. Uh, you know, it's it's tough, man, because um, I'm not married. I don't have kids. So um, I'm just finding ways to, uh, you know, um, still, you know, offline. I mean, I still do my stuff online, of course, but, like, offline, still be me, you know. Like, uh, so, um, and you're talking about supporting communities. Since I moved here, like, like I was looking up to get my hair cut one day, right? And across the bridge is where the city is. And I'm not in the like, city city. I'm outside of it, across the bridge. And uh, I was looking up places to get my hair cut. And I was like, damn, $45 to get a haircut. So there's this little tiny, and you know how these are in small towns. It's like these older women, and they sit there and gossip. And they're like in these little shacks or little tiny, small, little brick, little, you know, places. They're small as hell. And there's like a little pink one down the street. And I walked up in there, and I was like, hello? And they cut hair in there, you know. And it was like, uh, what's that show, um, that movie? Was it Still Magnolias? You know how them ladies, Dolly Parton, all them cut hair? Oh, yeah. It, it was just like that. And what I mean by that is, like, I want to support my local community. And the older I've gotten, I've realized how important that is because I feel like small towns are dying. And it's because I remember just thinking, like, back home, I remember people, they would drive 30 minutes to a city to go grocery shopping at a Walmart or something. I'm like, dude, you got the IGA and Piggly Wiggly right here. I don't, I don't know. That's just one example, but small towns have been dying for a while, and it makes me sad because, um, um, because the people who are the try that in a small town, the people who do like the community, they're trying to hold it all together. But then you have like you know drugs. There's also bad sides to it. The drugs have taken over. There's not a lot of jobs available. People are driving to you know the next city over 30, 40 miles away to go shopping now instead of shopping at their small mom and pops. 
I mean, I mean, you could talk about what COVID did to a lot of mom and pop stores. It's just kind of sad what's going on in America. And and going back to what I was telling you about how you don't see a lot of redneck comedy on mainstream media. You also see these small towns are dying. So I'm just trying to keep happy memories alive too for people like in my videos, not just the way I dress or the, the comedy I do, but just, you know, the, the feeling it gives somebody, you know. I feel like it brings a lot of warmth. And I'll give you an example, man. People will message me all the time. And uh, during Christmas holidays, this is just one of many messages I got like this. There was this lady, she was like, hey, my dad passed away during, you know, the holidays last year. And I can't get into the Christmas spirit. And I'm so sad, but I came across your videos and it's made me laugh. And I'm now I'm in the Christmas spirit. Or there was just one other uh, lady who said, me and my brothers had a group chat with our dad. And, you know, we didn't have a good relationship. But towards the end, when he got like cancer and he was dying, we all became close and we would text each other your videos. And she was like, I just want to let you know my dad passed away last night. But before he passed away, he sent me your last video and we laughed about it. And like doing stuff like that, man, like I'm getting the chills right now because at the end of the day, all this other stuff don't matter, man. In this world, all we have is each other. And I feel like God gave me a gift, you know, whatever it may be. And um, so even though I don't work my full-time job now, I'm doing this. And I feel like maybe I can make a bigger impact doing what I'm doing now. I just need to find a way to kind of, you know, amp it up a little bit offline, online, like whether it's volunteering or stuff, because I want to use my platform to bring a positive impact, whether to it's a small town community or the community that surrounds me, no matter where I'm living. I mean, if I'm traveling, it doesn't matter. I mean, because I've donated to like a lot of little league teams. I just want to help, man. Like I've always said, if I was a millionaire going back when I was saying a million dollar walk, it, could, it would never be the million dollar walk because I would give half of it away. And it's not that I just like to give away money, but man, you know, growing up sometimes, I mean, we didn't grow up poor or anything, you know, small town, you know, you don't know, you don't know who's poor, who's rich. You think if somebody has a damn refrigerator in their garage, they're rich, you know what I mean? So you didn't have a really good, you know, a uh, scale on that, but, um, I just have a, uh, you know, a big heart for people who's, um, you know, you know, struggling or needs help and stuff. And even though, you know, you know, I ain't Santa Claus, but, uh, man, I hope one day I can have a positive impact, whether it's through making people laugh or doing other stuff, you know. I see some Oakley's right there. What is that? That's a Holbrook? Holbrook XL. With the prism lenses. Let me oh, see yeah. those, please. I love that Holbrook XL. Fits my face better than the regular Holbrook. Those look good? Yeah. Hat backwards, good. No, see, you got those blue lenses with that blue hat. It was really, good. it was really going off right there. Yeah. Picture. Let me just look in this. Let me get my camera up. And what do you do? You flip the camera. Yeah, you got to straighten your hat a little bit. Straighten your hat a little bit. Oh man, look oh, at that. Wow, stuff is dirty. That's pretty good looking. Mm-hmm. Handsome fella. Got those geese behind us. Prism lenses, ballistic lenses. You wear them fishing? What's the main reason that you wear these lenses fishing? Because you can see the fish in the water. And it works. If, if you've ever not, or if you don't know it yet, yeah. I always, like golfing, I'll look down and be like, oh, look at that fish right there. And, and everybody else that's not wearing the, the prism polarized lenses, they can't see them. Well, it's the light refraction. Polarized lenses are, you have to have them. If you're an outdoorsman, you have to have them. UVs, different skies, and waterfowl hunting, turkey hunting, deer hunting, whatever. A lot of people won't wear sunglasses turkey hunting obviously because their eyesight and the reflection i get that but i wear them every day in a hunt not just to see better not just to look cooler the better you look the better you feel the better you feel the better you perform Mm -hmm. but to protect my eyes my vision i just got lens extraction surgery last year i got 2020 and 2015 i don't need prescription sun sunglasses or 
reading glasses. I don't need readers. I'm 48 years old. I'm not going to have readers. It's pretty much cataracts, but Oakley's protecting my eyes. Oakley standard issue. OakleySI.com. Go on and visit them online and check out all of their different shades, all of their different models, their lenses, their technology, the merch, the backpacks, the gloves, the shirts, the pants, the boots. It's military. It's front line. It's blue line, it's law enforcement, and it's outdoors, it's conservation, it's sustainability. They believe in what we do here at the Foul Life, where the payment ends, the provider. Oakley Eyewear is the official sunglass of everything we do, and I love so many of their different models. They got some new ones I need to show you. I just got a little care package sent to me by my boy Drew. What's up, Drew? Can't wait to see you. Going to see you in Boston this summer. Thank you all for supporting Oakley. Check them out again at OakleySI.com, the official eyewear and sunglass of the foul life. The cornbread cowboy saving small town America one town at a time. Let me ask you this. Do you put your money where your mouth is cornbread cowboy? Do you keep your money out of the big conglomerates like Amazon and the Walmarts that, you know, Sam Walton was a small town boy in Bentonville, Arkansas, and he had a dream of taking his grocery store and building it. And, and, and Walmart started to spread out across the country and they'd go into these small towns. They'd have these town meetings and they would educate the store owners, the shop owners, everybody that was in there from hardware to liquor stores to sporting goods stores. They would educate them like, Hey, we're coming to town. And if y'all want to stay open, y'all need to concentrate on this and specialize in this. The people that did that, they might have kept their doors open. The people that said screw Walmart and tried to compete against them, a lot of them went out of business. It was sad to see these little mom and pop stores, these independent, yeah. these independents go out of business because the big brick and mortar was coming in to small town America. You can't fault a guy like Sam Walton for having the entrepreneurial spirit and free enterprise in America. But as your character gets bigger and you do start to create revenue streams off of this, do you keep your money in small town America and in the little true value and the little ace hardware? Where instead of going into the Home Depot, do you go to the local grocery store instead of going to the Sam's Club or the Costco or the Walmart? Are you doing that or do you find it hard to balance that? Because small town America needs money to keep being ingested and, 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 you know, pretty much shot into their bloodstream to keep them alive. Man, you could call Ace Hardware right now and ask them about me. They're like, yeah, he was just here yesterday. So, um. When I lived in Tampa, I lived down the street from my brother. So anything I needed, I could, you know, borrow from him or whatever. But now that I'm living by myself without roommates, you know, I've, I've went to Ace Hardware a lot. And um, it's actually um, not a corporate owner. It's a, um, it's a individually um, independent on um, uh, Ace Hardware. I was just talking to the manager yesterday about doing a video with him. But no, so there's a food line right there. There's a, um, there's an Ace Hardware I go to. No, I... I shop. I don't go to any of those. I mean, don't get me wrong. I do use Amazon Prime for some stuff, you know, because you just can't. I can't get it um, in some places, but that's rarely. Most of my money goes to, um, like I said, I get my hair cut down in here. This lady down here, there's a little independent-owned gas station. I go to that. Um, when when it's uh when I, when I go out to eat, you know, I, I remember I used to might want to go to like uh, big chains, but now I like to support anything small or local. Man, I've just I've really now that I'm starting to get like a big revenue coming in, I'm like, man, it's important where you spend your money, you know, because I'm starting to get older and understand economics a little bit enough to where like how impactful it is for me to spend a dollar somewhere like that, even if I have to pay like 50 cent or a dollar more on a product. Um, But yeah, man, I'm big about that. I don't I will I will always do whatever I can to support my local community. Um, 
in any way I can, whether it's shopping somewhere or, you know, or like, for example, the police department here, I saw them post about like it was hot and they were giving the fans away to the needy. So I messaged them. I'm like, hey, man, I, I like to donate a few fans. Like anything to keep the – and see, that's the thing about a lot of people, they want to solve the world's problems or the American – man, if you can solve the problems within, in your own household, in your own community, the world will be a better place. Because if you live in a community that's happy and thriving and you're supporting one another, then then that's all you need, brother. Like, that's all you need, you know? You mentioned you were not married, no kids, but – nope. You got to answer that? the. You got to answer the question, cowboy. You got to answer. The whole world wants to know: Are the ladies climbing all over you? Do they <laughs> love this character? Um, or I need some transparency on this one. Um, are you dating my friend Hannah Dasher? Is this little <laughs> online third rate Sammy Kershaw romance? Uh, third rate romance, low rent rendezvous. Is this what's going on with Hannah Dasher for real, or is this all for camera? Listen. Listen, I look Hannah Dasher is <laughs> hey, she is a solid gal. I would consider her one of my best friends. We talk all the time. We have became really close. She's a great friend of mine. Um we got so I think I so when I got on TikTok, she was already she has like a I think she has like two million followers on there or something. She's big. But um I followed her and I commented on a few and I think I might have caught her eye with a couple of my videos and we started kind of, you know, talking back. I thought I would come to a show, and then I finally did. And, you know, we um, conversed over, you know, like we should do some content together, you know. And we, we just had these good ideas. And going about all the stuff we talked about, you know, um, you know, the funny stuff, stuff that goes on small towns, the hunt and all that stuff, those guys. But the romance, you know, was never there in my videos because I did them all myself. And she was just a perfect person for it. So I was 100% down to do it. But um, I will tell you, man, as far as dating goes, dude, I will tell you, man, um, I'm not sure if uh, – I bet a lot of people who got some kind of famous would tell you this. It's actually harder when you get um, – like, let's say if you go somewhere, you know, people like, uh, oh, that's the Cornbread Cowboy, and then, you know, they want to take pictures and stuff. It's, it, it, I don't know, man. It's just weird. It makes it – you're like more of a – not a character or a celebrity to them, but it's kind of like, you know, they don't see you as uh, – not necessarily being normal, but like, or that you're um, they might they're not that they're intimidated by me, but it's it's a little bit of mix of all those. It's weird, but it's um, it's easier to date, but harder too. If you get what I mean, it's um, it's just tough, man. Because like for example, uh, there was a two three month stretch, two month stretch where I was gone every single weekend, and um, you know if I was, it, it's just hard, man. It, it is. It's 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 hard to. They, and, and going back on that, even if I wasn't who I was now, I've just always been, uh, man, I don't know, man. I've just always been kind of picky and peculiar, you know, because when I date a girl, you know, going, it's just like everything about me. I like to sport local. I like to, you know, do this. I got the nostalgia. I, if I date a girl, it ain't because, you know, necessarily she's the best looking or this or that. It's, will this girl be a good mother? You know, will this girl, does she share the same values as me? And let's just say, living in a city, I didn't meet a lot of girls who had to share, share the same values as me. So I was hoping when I moved back to a smaller area, I would. But, man, I tell you, um, I don't know. It, it's difficult because, you know, hey, it's, it's going to take a special one to be the cornbread cowgirl, if you know what I mean. It is, huh? It's going to be uh, – are you intimidated to ask girls out now because of who your characters become? You see a girl that 
that might be interested or that you're interested in, kind of like uh, Tyler Farr, a man, a guy walks into a bar and you see her sitting over there. The next thing you know, you know, you guys are dancing. Do you have? Do you find it more difficult yourself to approach a young lady or a, a, a potential cornbread cowboy as opposed to them of, of you assuming they're intimidated by you and it makes it weird? Is it weird in your psyche to go up because your confidence is at a different or a weirder level now of like, well, is she going to like me for who I am or does she think it's the automatic yeah. of my celebrity? See, yeah, they, you know what? And I found that true, not just in romantic wise, but just with friends wise, like a lot of people, they want to be friends with the cornbread cowboy or say a lot of girls that they, you know, like they want to be with me because I'm cornbread cowboy, not for who I am. So I've had to gauge that. And that's been a little difficult. That's why I feel like I would have to like go into some, I would have to like meet a random girl who didn't know who the hell I was. And of course I think most of my followers are men anyways, probably 80%. But um, it would have to be one of those scenarios because I feel like it was hard for me not to trust somebody, but, um, but man, like, for example, I remember one time and I'll tell you the story. I had this girl over and, um, you know, she like uh, left her jacket. And and I know that sounds crazy, but I was starting to get to that level where, you know, I'm like, you hear about all these stories on, you know, like, oh, this guy did this. And I'm like, hell no, this girl's going to say she left her jacket at my house or she's going to claim that some kind of a sexual assault happened or something. And now her jacket's at my house and she has proof she was here. I don't know. My mom was just going paranoid, dude. I was like, oh, what? I'll get rid of this jacket. What the hell is this? Anyway, but but when you start to get like a celebrity or internet famous or whatever you call it, man, it, it makes it easier but harder because because a lot of people want to, you know, they're like, you're the cornbread cowboy. They want to be your friend, you know. Hey, let's, you know, hang out. Hell yeah, corn. But as far as me, Ori goes, that's, you know, I, it's, it's, it's made it somewhat – I'm still getting used to it, I'll say that, man. It's, because don't get me wrong, there's a lot of pros to being, you know, as far as, you know, dating goes and all that stuff, but – um. At 36, you know, like, do I want to be a bachelor when I'm 50? Do I, you know, want to settle down? Because I feel like, uh, you know, my grandparents, you know, and stuff, uh, they were married for so long. And it's just the values I share would be to settle down and start a family. Both my brothers just had kids. Well, my older brother's uh, Curtis, his um, daughter is uh, Lucy. She's four. And my younger brother, Clayton, his uh um daughter Reese, she's she's not even one yet. But so but yeah, I'll tell you. So my last name it starts with initials with a K, and my all my brothers and sisters. So my dad had two more. So it's five of us, and all the initials are K K K K K K K K. But my name's Ori, so my initials are okay. So it's okay. <laughs> how um how is it with your your success? Are you close with mom and dad? Are they still alive? Are they part of your life? Your grandma and grandpa, are they still with us? Your siblings, your brothers, is there, um, when you start to get climbing that rung of that ladder and you start to get to the top of that ladder, now all of a sudden you're seeing success, you're, you're, you're recognized, you're creating revenue. You start to hear words like envy and jealousy and America's famous for jealousy. Um, is the family still tight? Do you still get to hang with yeah. them? And then and then and then go into a little bit about what you mentioned with with not just dating but friends because sometimes friendships can get awkward once you start to get a bigger personality and step outside. They might support you on your way up like go Ori, go Ori. But now all of a sudden you're VIP here and you're 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 getting recognized here and you're taking pictures yeah, and man. signing autographs. Has it gotten weird with the family or friends at all? Um mostly no and like I said, man, I think I've done a good job of not letting it get to my head. I'm still the same person 
you know, that I was before. It's if I just get to do cooler shit now. Um, I'm still really close to my family. I still, I talk to my mom every day. My dad, you know, my dad's a typical dad, goes to work, come home. You know, I will talk here and there. Um, you know, because my dad, he, he still loves a small town he grew up in that I grew up in and stuff, and he's still back there. And um, and um, my grandma, she is a, uh, she's like in a, um, like a, uh, a senior citizen living community. And I talk to her sometimes. I need to go see her soon. But no, I talk to my family. But I will say, man, I do notice this. Um, like, uh, I would say, man, most it's it's 90% all love. Everybody's most, I get so many messages, man. I'm happy for you and all this. But I have noticed there's some people who like, not necessarily were my like good friends or anything, but some people who, uh, you can just tell they um they just uh they're they're like you know they're almost like why you or like why do you, you think you're special now or something like that and, and and if you know me who I am man I I'm I've never been that guy who was I've always been like a friendly caring person to everybody you know I've always been the life of the party having fun any a shirt off your back I'll give you my shirt off my back if you need it so I think it's it's hard for people to hate on me but there's some people to do and that's just the people who don't know me. Um, but my family, we're all still tight. And, um, but yeah, man, um, it's, it's, it's definitely been an adjustment for me as far as like, uh, handling stuff because, you know, living paycheck to paycheck and and then all of a sudden going to where, you know, like you don't have to work a job for anybody. It's, it's, it's very different for me. I almost feel not necessarily guilty sometimes, but it's almost like I won the lottery because, I was already on, on get on my phone and would post stuff to try to make people laugh or what what the stuff I thought was funny and I would put it out there. But now like I have a way to make money off doing this. Like I feel like I won the lottery and I'm like not saying undeserving because I feel like I have put a lot of hard work into it. And if you're good at something, you should get paid for it. And I agree with that hundred percent. But there's a, almost a sense of guilt because there's guys, I mean, most of America, you know, they're getting up every day, putting on their work boots and going to work, but here I am you know, you know, posting funny shit online and I don't have to go to work. So I'm still getting used to this lifestyle, man. It's, and, um, and it's hard for me to talk to people every day. Cause I don't want to be on my phone all day. I want to exist. So, you know, when I wake up, I'm on my phone a good bit and towards the end of the night, but during the day, man, like I live by a river walk area and I go walk on that every single day. I'm trying to exercise. I got to keep a little bit of a beer belly, man. Cause that's like the character, you know, but, um, <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I've been trying to do, um, ways to, you know, improve, um, you know, just my daily life, you know, get more exercise, um, you know, just, you know, you know, get like, I just moved here. So I'm like all my neighbors, they're cool. A lot of them, you know, they'll, some of them, are you, are you that guy? It's always this. And what's funny is, um, it's always like, are you that guy from TikTok? Are you that cowboy? And I'm like, yeah, but, um, actually, man, when I first moved here, I met this, this guy who's retired. He's 74. He's from uh, Arkansas. And, um, I would I would go by his house, walk around there, and he would wave at me. So I went and started sitting with him on the porch. And every time I go by there now, I'm probably gonna go by there after I get off the phone. I mean, would you? We just sit there and talk and talk, man. I love old people. I love sitting on the porch talking. He don't like bowl peanuts. I like bowl peanuts. But my neighbor across the street, Jason, he has a um a bowl peanut company. So I'll go over there with him while we're making bowl peanuts, making batches. So. I'm starting to get more involved with my, you know, neighbors and communities because I remember growing up, that's how it was in my neighborhood. My my uncle lived down the street. My dad, like, 
people we just got along, you know. And whenever I was living in a city, it's almost like your neighbors didn't exist to you sometimes. And I'm like, this is kind of weird. And um, I want wherever I'm living at, if you're around me and you're my neighbor in my community, I'm on. I got your back. And I, and also, I want to get to know you, man. And um, man, I I met some other neighbors. We had some beers the other night, and they got kids, and they're nice. So I, I I'm very fortunate. I moved to an area. Um, it's actually it's Casey, South Carolina. The name of the town. It's a really nice area. It's a lot of family, a lot of older people and families. There's no riffraff. Um, they do a good job here. The community. Um, there's a local restaurant bars near me. I go to like I try to support local. It's just a really good area, and um, I enjoy being here, man. Anything happening that you can let out of the bag? Um, has Hollywood called? Do we have a reality show coming up? Are you are you gonna um, are we gonna see you in any country music concerts or are you gonna be up on stage at any festivals introducing any artists? Are there gonna be NASCARs, gentlemen? Start your engine. Is the character getting out there enough to where opportunities are starting to come in that where you're just like, man, this can't be true? Yeah. Oh God, dude. Yeah, of course. Um. I remember going to the all-star race. They invited me to be like, a, I was a volunteer. What was a race official, which didn't really mean I did anything. Cause uh, Richard Petty and I think Rusty Wallace are, who was that? No, not Rusty Wallace. Damn it. But anyways, um, like being there, you know, like a moment that I had where I was like, damn, I made it big. I was at the all-star race and I was sitting out there and um, talking to Dale Hart Jr.'s wife. And I met her a couple times because uh, Hannah like knows her and friends with her. But I was sitting outside, and uh, she was like, "What are you doing out here?" She was like, "Do you need? Do you need to get up VIP? Do you need to go up there? You know, it's the VIP here." She, I was like, "Oh, I was like, no, ma'am, I got a wristband over here. I'm just out here smoking." Uh, I told her, I, I was like, "I'm ripping a hater." She was like, "My lord, I haven't heard that in years." And we were just laughing. And come walk around the corner was Dale Earnhardt Jr. And then he looked at me and he started doing the slow mo walk up to me like. And I was like, holy shit. And I just gave him down. I was like, dude. I was like, first of all, Dale Hart knows who I am. And he uh, was imitating me. I was like, hmm, all right. I feel like maybe I've done something. But, um, no, I got a music festival I'm hosting coming up in September in Nashville. It's like a travel package uh, music festival where basically your ticket includes your hotel stay and all that. Sammy Kershaw, Trace, Trace Atkins, uh, Shenandoah, uh Montgomery Gentry, um, who is it? Uh, uh, Joe D. Messina, Deanna Carter. Who else? Or no, is it Deanna Carter? Anyways, it's like a night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Her and um, there's a couple more. I can't remember. Lone Star, somebody else. But it's basically it's called Honky Tonk Homecoming. And uh, if you go to honkytonkhomecoming.com, you can uh, go on there and uh, buy some tickets or whatever. They got different packages and stuff. But that's gonna be in Nashville on Broad. That's coming up in September. Oh, man, you know what? I don't have that much stuff coming up, but I have had a few people send me scripts that wanted to do, you know, uh, movies or a show and stuff. And and one of them was when I was starting to blow up, but then I guess I blew up so much or whatever. I mean, it's not like I have a gazillion followers, but enough to where they just kind of didn't reach back out. They probably figure out he don't care anymore. But I've had people send me scripts. I've had all these offers, man. A lot of times, man, I just – you know, it's, it's you know, all, every, I get all these emails. You know, people they want to be, you know, they want to be my agent or my manager. It's, it's, it's get, it gets overwhelming at times. It really does because going back to what I was telling you, I still want to live a simple life, you know, and do little events here and there, kind of, you know, but try to stay normal as possible because I've realized 
sometimes, you know, living that lifestyle of like a celebrity or whatever, it can get a little carried away, man. And and, and I never want to get lost in being cornbread cowboy. I always want to be myself. So I'm trying to learn to balance that out, man, as I go. And, and I think if I take my time and do it right, I can do it the right way. And maybe I can end up on a TV screen or maybe – the way the future is, man, you might not need that. Like, I feel like with TikTok and Instagram, there could be some new app to get developed where you can use that to make your own movies. Like, who knows where the future of internet, social media, and technology is going. But I definitely, going back to what I was telling you, I definitely want to do more skits, and I want to do more comedy. Um, a lot of people compare me to, like, Kenny Powers or Danny McBride. And um, – I definitely have some ideas. Like I was telling somebody the other day, man, if a camera crew showed up to my house right now, I'd be ready to freaking roll, buddy. Like I, I, I already have um plots and, you know, movie ideas and TV shows. I mean, cause I'm a creative person. I'm a creative thinker and I'm always thinking of stuff like that. So I'm ready to roll, man. I'm just waiting for that day that I get that epiphany. I'm like, let's do it. You know? So I'm still in the building phase of my, you know, cornbread cowboy uh, online persona whatever you want to call it um but uh down the road i i expect i'll be you know doing some cool stuff whether it's you know on a screen or or of course doing more music stuff i mean i have music festivals reaching out to me all the time but they're like sometimes they're so far away like vegas and stuff that when i first moved back to south carolina i was traveling every weekend and the whole month of july i said i'm not doing nothing i'm sitting at home because it was like i leave on a thursday get back on sunday or monday leave i'm like I'm not cut out for this life, like, and I don't, I'm not ashamed to admit it. I don't want to be that guy who's always on the go. I'm not, I'm not, I'm the old man sitting on the porch type guy. You know what I mean? Like, if you need me, and I, if it's a special event, I'm gonna do it. But I was, I was at first, I was taking any event I could because I was like excited. I'm like, hell yeah, I'll do that. Hell yeah. But now I'm starting to get to the point where I'm gonna be a little more picky with stuff. Are you, are you thinking that, as far as like the near future goes with? this character do you have to do this yourself to where you're talking about skits and 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 creating more awareness of the cornbread cowboy or is this going to come with with a production company or somebody like i mentioned before is that where you see it going like are you going to try to go out and sell this character as something that can build yeah. into the the next big thing and, and blue collar comedy for lack of better terms yeah, cause cause I feel like there's there's newer avenues. Like for example, let's say if you were a musician, the only way you could get your music heard if it was on the damn radio. And then you got like XF and radio. Then you got like uh, YouTube. Now you have TikTok. So I just think going down the road, there's gonna be there's there, there's more avenues for me to get my stuff seen. And um, like let's say I came out with a uh, you know I made up a storyline, and let's say I came up with a pilot episode, and I pitched that pilot episode <laughs> to somebody, you know. I think um, I think that's kind of what may happen in the future, something like that. Um, but far as doing it myself goes, man, there's, you know, doing what I do now. I used to have somebody hold the camera. Now I got a tripod, so I'm gonna try. I'm trying to do much as I can as possible by myself, and um, whether it's answering emails for um, deals I'm doing with with people or promotions, you know, record my own stuff, all all my own ideas. I mean, sure, in the future, if it got big to the point, I might have to have writers come in and. You know, a film, if it got that serious, I mean, I don't know. I really, I, I don't know sometimes. Sometimes I feel like I don't take it for granted, but sometimes 
I, it doesn't hit me like really like, man, like I have a potential to do a lot with this, you know, I need to do something with it. But I'm also on the fence because I still want to live a normal life as I can. So, um, and like, I mean, like, did I sign up for this? Yes, I did sign up for this because it started with me just making my friends laugh. But once I, I, I noticed that people could like do this for work and full time and get paid, I'm like, I'm all in. So I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing, man. Um, I got some, uh, I got some good content coming up here soon. I've the whole month of July, I haven't done any new content. Anything I've posted has been like older videos and stuff. Um, because I just need a refresher and I got some good stuff coming up because we got football season coming up, hunting season coming up. And uh, I'm gonna do a lot of different characters with that, and um, we'll see where it goes, man. Well, man, I, I, I am one that is not jealous, Cornbread. I love what you're doing. Congratulations on the success. I hope that it continues to come your way. Stay, yeah. hum stay humble. I don't think that saying that this life humbles me is the right thing to say. I think that you're probably a humble gentleman before the su success. So always keep your humility. If I could ever say nothing which i'm sure you don't need to hear that from a stranger but yeah, maybe you. maybe our paths will cross maybe we can uh get in the outdoors together i don't know how outdoorsy you are being a southern man but i'm down in the south a lot chasing mallard ducks and uh chasing country music and chasing nascar and talladega and i'm from the west coast in reno lake tahoe nevada but i absolutely am jealous of the culture of the South and the Southern lifestyle and the camaraderie and the manners down there and the way kids say yes, sir. And yes, ma'am. And um, oh, yeah. they're, they're just raised up right down there. And I like that part of the South. And I try to instill those values in my daughter. A lot of the times, um, keep doing it, man. Keep putting out the content, keep staying positive, keep making <laughs> people smile and laugh and getting the Christmas spirit and get people, yeah. get people excited about being present. And that, that, uh, it's, it's okay to be nostalgic and old school and vintage. I love that part of it, man. So congrats on all the success. And I truly appreciate you coming on our show. Hey man, thanks for having me, man. Uh, thanks for the kind words and the support. Um, you know, I'm just a, a guy from a small town, just, trying to, uh, you know, find his way in the world and, and use his gift, to, you know, and doing what I enjoy doing. That's, you know, bringing joy to people. And, um, you know, I feel like I'm getting pretty good at it. So um, I'm just going to keep doing my thing, man. Like you said, try to stay humble as I can because I don't want to lose myself in the process, you know. And, um, you know, if there's anything you ever need or want to do, man, just give me a shout out, dude. I'm here in South Carolina. So uh, I'd be, be willing to do some duck hunting with you. I can't wait. I'll get you on. A, I'll get you some dates, and we'll get together in camp and uh, <laughs> let the Benelli's bark. That is the cornbread cowboy. Is that how you pronounce it, boy? This cornbread cowboy. <laughs> He's got a B O I there at the end, but yeah, check you, him you out. You say boy, boy. Check him out on Instagram and uh, yeah. go to his website and get some of his merch. He's got koozies yeah. and hats and t-shirts oh, and yeah. vintage stuff. Cornbread, He's got yeah, cornbreadcountry.com. Go Cornbreadcountryclub.com yes sir i like that i like cornbread i don't i try not to eat a lot of bread like you're saying you know you got to get on the trail and walk and not have all the beer belly you got to have a little bit of the beer belly for the character <laughs> but you also got to stay healthy my man because you got a long way in life to go and you got to keep this character alive so yeah y'all check him out support the cornbread cowboy his message is there his message is right and uh if you see him on the streets you might just say hello, might not necessarily need a selfie or an autograph. Just say hello to the man and shake his hand and tell him thank you for making America great again. Thank you, my man. We'll talk to you soon. Hey, hell yeah, brother. 
Hold on one second. That's the Cornbread Cowboy. Another episode of This Life Ain't For Everybody. Brought to you by the one and only Tennessee Sour Mash Whiskey. Jack Daniels, Lynchburg, Tennessee. Every single drop of Jack Daniels whiskey, whether it's the old number seven, the Gentleman Jack, the Single Barrel, the Bonded, the Triple Mash, the Sinatra, the Gold 27, the New 10, the New 12. You name it, it's made right in that small town, that community of Lynchburg, Tennessee, small town America, about an hour and 20 minutes south, southwest a little bit, southeast a little bit, I guess, of Nashville, Tennessee. So thank you, Jack Daniels, for being the title sponsor of This Life Ain't For Everybody. Remember to enjoy it responsibly. Never allow underage drinking. Thank you to the Cornbread Cowboy. Thank you for all the listenings, the downloads, the subscriptions, and supporting all of our family of podcast here at this life ain't for everybody merle haggard is that what you're saying merle haggard the hag eric church sang a song called the hag let me just start one real quick and then i'll end it by this we'll go out we're gonna go out with this song right here i've been throwing horseshoes over my left shoulder. That's my favorite are, Merle Haggard song of all time. Are you a karaoke singer? Man, I'm not. I I, I I don't know how to sing, but I do got a lot of respect for it. Right. I want to be a songwriter. I want to be a singer. I want to do Me it too, all. Man. I absolutely love it all. That's Cornbread Cowboy. We're going out. This is Merle Haggard. That's the way love goes. Thank you all for being here. Don't worry, 
don't you know I love you too? And that's the way love goes. 